Christmas was coming. Guess who? Let me start this thing off. Join me every week for the Michael Irvin Podcast. We'll give you the full MIP experience. I'm talking everything from football to fashion. I will be chopping it up with playmakers, headline makers, and I am throwing haymakers. I'm the MVP of the MIP. Don't miss it. Download new episodes of the MIP, the Michael Irvin Podcast, every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify. I want to tell you guys about Monkey Knife Fight because I'm here for you guys to have fun, unlike Eric, who just wants you guys to sweat through games. But you can accomplish both because at monkeyknifefight.com, you can, it's basically a props, but way better. It's like props on steroids. They have all these prop games, not just for football, for all the sports that are going on right now. And here's the, the cool deal. So if you go and deposit 20 bucks at Monkey Knife Fight and use the promo code PFF, we'll just give you a free PFF Edge subscription so you can come to PFF a whole year. It means you also get the draft guide when the draft shows up, get all the fantasy content, fantasy rankings, um, and uh, all the fantasy projections. So you can go use some of those tools to help you at Monkey Knife Fight. It's $43 for a $20 deposit and a bunch of fun. MonkeyKnifeFight.com. It is September 23rd. This is the PFF forecast. And we are heading into week number three. We're going to do some futures bets. I have actually a great story for you about last week. Um, we're going to jump into week three, pick our lock of the week, and then a little treat because I know it's been a hard week. I have a Quibi show that I'm going to pitch to Eric. So it's going to be a great one. Let's rock. George, hard week for you or a hard week for everybody? I feel like every week is like hard. I am, it's actually been not as hard of a week for me as for the person I'm about to read to you uh, about. I'm not sure this person is still living if they are not. Rest in peace. <laughs> this past Sunday at probably about 3.30 in the afternoon, a bet MGM better walked in or went online and wagered $35,000 on the Atlanta Falcons at minus 3,333. Oh, live. When the game was 39 to 24 midway through the fourth quarter, the bet was 35,000 risking 35,000 to win $1,000. Dallas obviously then recovers the onside kick and wins the game. Now, everyone listening knows that's not you or I because we are not that stupid. We have learned so many times the hard way. What I just want to do is I want to find this poor person, man or woman, and I want to give them... I'm sure they're filthy rich. I want to give them a hug and I want to let them know... It's going to be okay. At that very time, because you you asked me to compute it for Sunday Night Football, it was... Plus fifteen seventy, I mean, so, just <laughs> unreal. I mean, just a terrible, terrible, terrible. That person must have lost a significant number of bets, like a thousand dollars worth of bets that day, and was just like, "Look, I'm just going to get it all back. This is a sure thing." When in reality, like you don't know that the Falcons are like the least sure thing of all time. 
the I mean we talked about it on Sunday, but like that onside kick honestly sums up the entirety of my history since the Super Bowl betting on the Falcons. So I won a crap ton of money against them in the Super Bowl, uh, betting them live, and ever since it has been. Um, it's been. It, I actually think it's been profitable. It's just been painful. It depends. Yeah, it depends. I was I was sort of thinking about like the eighty twenty principle today, mm-hmm. and thinking like, do eighty percent? Does eighty percent of the money you make betting come on twenty percent of the teams? <laughs> and I immediately thought about the Falcons, and I don't know. I think this year it's going to be Tennessee as the eighty twenty team because well, we'll talk about them here yeah, yeah, soon we'll enough. Let's start with. Um, some futures bets. I should let everyone know that you have been on a tear this week from a content perspective. On Sunday, if you didn't listen to the Sunday podcast, this is one that you should go back and listen to because you go on a rant about the Minnesota Vikings that I have watched three or four times while wearing a Minnesota hoodie, I might add. And then you proceeded not only to write about the Vikings and how the only person that can save the Vikings is a backup quarterback in New Orleans. Um, you Soon have to be been the starter. You have been on fire. So you can go check out all of Eric's content that's incinerating the world on PFF.com. But um, one of the things that we like to get into this time of the week are futures. And there are a couple, there are a couple of very interesting ones, one of which is an, actually an MVP bet. Um, I also like a couple of, uh, of to make the playoff bets. But I'll let you start off. What are some futures you like right now? This one you're laying a pretty decent amount, and I don't know after this week whether or not the price will go up or down. Um, but and I, and I hesitated to write this, but Philadelphia, who a team that I have a significant amount on under nine and a half and not to make the playoffs, minus one seventy is still a steal to not make the playoffs, and here's why: they are. If I look at my our numbers, which you can find out on pff.com. We have them with a 17% chance to make the playoffs, even in a 17 format. And that seems pretty low. That's about what? One in, that's about plus five, you know, mm-hmm. plus 500 makes, you know, make, make the playoffs minus 500 to miss. Um, so there's a sniffing edge there. You already have a loss at home to a team in the Rams who you are very much going to be competing for for a wild card should you ever get in that position. You also have a divisional loss to the worst team in your division in theory. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one's one where the price is steep, but I don't see Philly coming out of this. I tried to fade Philly at the beginning of the year. I did so by betting the Washington football team over, and I would continue to fade them. The Washington football team over, by the way, we have the Washington at 6.2 wins um, currently. So we would we would want them at, um, yeah, we, we think that they're going they're going to go six or more wins 63% of the time. So that bet's looking pretty good at. PBA Despite game. how awful they looked, honestly. Uh, yeah, they didn't play well and they kept the game within a couple scores, which is interesting, right? I mean, I think McLaurin versus um, uh, Denzel Ward will be a great matchup this week. I'm very excited for it. Okay, um, here is so at the, actually at the beginning of the year we talked about MVP odds, and I, we mentioned Russell Wilson. He's now the favorite, and I am now on the Aaron Rodgers to win MVP train, and it just seems to be setting up because they're going to play. You know, they're going to play the Saints. 
Um, Drew Brees was a guy that you would think was in the race. I don't think he's really in the race anymore. Russell Wilson is obviously the, the favorite there, but the worry that I have with Russell Wilson is they're in such a tough division. And I feel better, even though I really like the Seahawks, I just think there's so many things, you know, there's three other 2-0 teams in that, there's three 2-0 teams in that division, two other than the Seahawks. And so I like the idea of Aaron Rodgers. The revenge tour is something that I think by the end of the season will be more attractive to voters than let Russ cook, even though right now, let Russ cook is very hot. Yeah. Um, you know, when Mahomes won it two years ago, Breeze was the favorite for 10 to 15, you know, 10 of the, the 17 weeks or so. Um, I, I personally, I put in the futures article, Green Bay to win the division, I think is like minus 140. Mm-hmm. Um, we have it more like minus 200. Um, so I, I think that's, that's a clear path. Chicago's a 2-0 and team, but I think they're a little bit faulty. Uh, the path for Green Bay to uh, a playoff berth, a division title, and possibly a first-round bye is really clear. Whereas, as you said, with Seattle, it's a little bit hazier um, in a division where all the teams, I believe, are projected now to have eight or more wins. Yeah, I mean, um, Timo has a really great article up on um, project, you know, simulating the season and seeing who wins the MVP. And a lot of it has to do with, okay, do you win your division? That's hugely important. And then are you the most efficient um, you know, passing offense, basically, right? That is often a really good barometer because it explains a lot of what happened. It's not necessarily as predictive as something like PFF grade, but it tells you what happened. And right now, Aaron Rodgers and that Green Bay Packers offense is incredible. So I'll, I'll, I'll give it away a little bit. We Timo's article has Aaron Rodgers at a 16% chance to win. And you can find him at plus 800, which means you just have to win that bet uh, over 11% of the time. So uh, I really like Rodgers to win MVP. Yeah, that's a... <clears throat> that... I'm, I'm looking for any excuse to root for greatness. And I, I it's, t- you know, this is something we talked about with Josh Allen this week, honestly. Like, you never, I at least try very, very hard, even if I dislike the player from a personal, like what they do off the field, to always appreciate their greatness on the field. And when you have a guy like a Josh Allen, for example, who's not very good on the field for a while, people obviously assume you hate them off the field but i think it's great that he that he's playing better i hope he keeps it up how awesome would that be i'm not predicting it because we've seen we have such a larger sample of him you know being not as accurate but like man i'm here to root for aaron Rodgers. yeah i think i think the rogers thing is cool he he's had a um uh, a fun like i think he just discussed today about you know mental health with dak prescott and hayden hurst he always seems to give thoughtful answers he's a person i think you know we're worthy of rooting for all right, give me uh, give me one more. Uh, well, right now I think it's still mispriced. Um, Arizona plus one hundred four to make the playoffs. We have it more at like at minus one fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I they have a really I think they have one of the more the easier schedules moving forward. Let me look. If you have a PFF um, Edge subscription, you can look at our power ratings tool. Strength of schedule remaining Arizona is tied for fourth easiest. Uh, other teams that are ahead of them: Dallas, Cleveland, Baltimore. Washington, Seattle, New Orleans, Green Bay, all teams with relatively easy schedules, an average uh, of about a half a point or more easier than the average team in terms of their schedule. So um, also Detroit uh, on that list as well. So teams that you know you might want to buy into because they have an easier schedule moving forward. Um, 
Arizona's on that list, and I think that they you know make the playoffs for the first time since 2015. Can I interest you in a in a futures bet? Okay, the Atlanta Falcons to make the playoffs. Well, how how much is it? I so right before I came in, I was trying to find it. I believe I I can't find the freaking tab now because I, I deleted it. I clicked out of it, but I think I found it for was it five hundred? Okay. Let me look at where we have Atlanta. It's, no, it should have been more, maybe. Yeah, it should. Um, we would have Atlanta to make the playoffs plus 500 is break even. So I'm not doing it. I was just. Yeah, yeah. I was just um, you. I, I would say, I mean, with Atlanta, they, they have. They do have it relative to the 0 2 teams, though. They have, I believe it's the best shot. And the reason for that, and I actually think. So here's an interesting thing in looking. We'll talk about this with the Sunday night game. So. When we're creating our power rankings, there's a lot of prior that, that goes into it. Mm -hmm. And the Saints are a super interesting team right now because they have been so good. Drew Brees, the highest graded quarterback over the last three seasons. And yet, over the last couple of games, he looks absolutely disgusting, right? And we know the age component is there. We know Michael Thomas isn't there. So there's all these reasons to believe it's for real. But mathematically, the Saints still look like a really good team. Um, and so if you are saying, okay, look, the Falcons have a decent shot to make playoffs, but we're also overrating the Saints relative to what we're seeing from a 40-plus-year-old quarterback, that might give you a little bit more juice. I think Tampa being good is, a pro is, a, is the, the barrier here. He, they, the, the Falcons have, you're tied for the, the fourth toughest schedule moving forward, Philly, Atlanta, San Francisco, Denver, Buffalo, New England. So right, I mean they have to play the Saints twice. Yeah, but what and, I'm saying, and Tampa twice, and sure. But what I'm saying is the Saints just lost to the Raiders. Yeah. So like playing the Saints twice, the Saints are a top five team. Yeah. If I really think they're the fifteenth best team. Yeah. Yeah, I could. I mean, I could see it. Um, you just hate the Falcons. It's okay. I don't I'll, hate the Falcons. I'll be I, the I last just, one on the ship. Yeah. It'll yeah. be me. I don't hate them. It'll I, be we me bet and them this Julio, week. and I'll be. We bet them this week. What are yeah. you talking about? I'll have Julio will have a strained hamstring. I'll be stretching him out. Just be me and him on the raft. I won't kick him off like Leo. Okay, let's get into uh, lock of the week stuff. You, by the way, you can go check out our uh, early spread picks column. We started writing it on Sunday night after the podcast, burning the midnight oil. Although, honestly, I'm so jacked up at that point. I don't mind it. I'm kind of delirious. I reread some sentences afterwards and go, I'm going to need to change that. But I do enjoy it. So you can go check that out and see you know, what we think about kind of some of the lookheads. You can grab the earlier numbers, which are much, um, you know, much less efficient. And this week, I feel like all the numbers kind of came towards where I thought they would be. And so for that reason, I'm kind of struggling, honestly, um, to find a lot of games that I yeah. really like. I think we should talk about all of the big games because there's, what, four or five of them, and a couple of them I do yeah. like. But um, do you want to start with the biggest game, or do you want to save that for the end? Are we talk about Kansas City-Baltimore? Yes, that's the biggest game. Uh, Super Bowl in September. Yeah. Well, just just in, in this article slash our lock of the week has gotten positive line value on average. Um, this week, tremendous with Cincinnati at plus six and a half on Monday, now five and a half. Uh, it really you know, good move there. Tennessee minus one and a half out to two and a half. Uh, not as big of a move, but certainly in our direction. And then Atlanta is interesting because it was minus three and got out to four. Now it's back to three, but juiced towards uh, Atlanta. So uh, interesting line movement there. Um, yeah, let's let's go through. I mean, should we just start with tomorrow night? 
you know, tonight's game, Thursday night? Sure. We instead of starting with the best game, we'll start with the Would second you, best game. I don't think so. Like I I think this is a I think this will be a very entertaining game. Oh, that's why I said I yeah. said it was the second best game. I, I here's here's how I want to start this conversation. Jacksonville Jaguars are three point favorites at home. At home. Okay. It means, it means nothing. Yeah. The Jaguars have been huge underdogs each of the past two weeks and have grittily come in positive point differential. Yeah. Two games. Do um do you really think that they should be a favorite against any team other than the Jets? Yes. Okay. Byron Jones is out. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um ja- uh, Jacksonville has got pos- more than t- a tenth of an expected point, both rushing the football and throwing the football. And throwing the football, it's about a quarter of expected point per drop back. Minshew, now here's where you're going to see some regression. He has a higher passer rating when when pressured than when clean, um, but he's been amazing so far this year. And the Jacksonville defense is not as talented, but it it it's capitalizing on mistakes that the other team is making. And you know the Dolphins, I think, are good enough to keep this game close, but I don't think they're good enough to be anywhere close to a favorite in this game, which they were early pre-flop. I agree that they shouldn't be the favorite. I had this as a pick. I still think it should be. There's, I don't know. I, I will say this. I don't want to bet on this game because there are bound to be some crazy things that happen in this yeah. game. If it's Patrick and Minshew on the same field on Thursday night, it, it's going to be nuts. Um, and I'm I'm here for the Minshew mania. I just am, I'm not yet a believer in them as a favorite. I, you know, Byron Jones is hurt, but... Um, Here's the interesting thing about Minshew. You mentioned the pass rating under pressure. Last year, we kind of saw this quick start, and then it kind of came back to earth. And with Fitzpatrick, I he he has the kind of higher variance. Certainly, you know, he makes some of those bigger throws on the football field. I do worry with Minshew that it's just, you know, eventually those throws down the football field just aren't there because teams kind of figure it out. But yeah, that's that's fair. Um... But you know, I I think I I got I took over on this like at forty seven and a half, mm-hmm. and it's moved. Now 48. I, I, I feel like it's it's a game where you're not going to see a ton of defense. It's going to you know. Well, I actually wanted to ask you about this. Um, highest scoring first two weeks in an NFL mm-hmm. uh, season, and um, I would you would have to hold me at gunpoint to take an under right now, and. I, here's my reasoning. Here's why I think it's happening. Without the crowds, the biggest beneficiary of the crowd noise was the defense because it was harder for the offense to get on the same page. And now it's not. Like, you never have to do a silent count. Mike brought this point up. So, to me, it just makes it – plus defenses, I think, are probably maybe a step behind in terms of and, preparation. But, like, to me, that it makes sense. And they aren't calling penalties on the offensive side of the ball. True. So, that's – I mean, to me, that's where you – I think you could see, like – blindly betting over could kill you one week because they decide as they did in 2018 right after thanksgiving to start calling holding penalties again um so i I think to bet an over you really have to have a reason for it i think to bet an under you really have to have probably two or three reasons for it um and a gun to your head and a gun to your head so i don't know i'm excited for Minshew in this game i i think um i think if you have an over season win total for the jags the next two weeks are humongous for you because 
they they're home to the Dolphins and then they go to uh, our Bengals next week. Um, starting out three and one would be kind of kind of fire for them. Can you say that again? Starting out three and one would be kind of fire for the Jags. You don't think you don't think so? Oh no, I think it would be. Um, All right, let's go to the the Rams and the Bills. The Bills are a two and a half point favorite. Um, I really, I really do want to bet on the Rams because I just there are some things with Josh Allen. He has a hundred and he has one hundred and fifty one passer rating under pressure. That is going to regress. He has three dropped interceptions. It's the most in the NFL. He can still be good and improved, and those things can regress. Okay? It's just, it can happen. Whereas what Los Angeles is doing with Jared Goff feels a little more sustainable. He still sucks under pressure, 35 pass rating under pressure, but he has yet to have a turnover worthy play. I believe it's just him and Aaron Rodgers. And what they're doing in Los Angeles, I think, is really interesting. They're running play action about 50% of the time. And Jared Goff's average depth of tar- target is way down. So they've said, look, we're going to keep running play action. But instead of all of these deep shots, we're going to make them a little bit quicker. And their, so their it feels PA, more sustainable. Their PACR is like almost like 1.7, which is like basically for every air yard that Goff throws, they're getting almost two yards of actual passing. Um, that's a that's a scheme thing, and I think one that could be sustainable for them. They're also doing you're using motion at a far higher rate than a season ago, which is um, which is good. My issue, I mean, the the market is resisted a little here because I have I took Rams plus two, I took Rams plus one ten. I'm heavy on them season long, and so if I can get in a situation where they're dogs, I'll bet them because obviously I can sort of middle a little bit if they even if they lose by a point or two. Um, and if they win, then I'm going to sort of recoup some of that that, that value back. But I the, the the Buffalo money has come in a little bit. I mean, we're seeing it now at two and a half. Um, so there is some support, I think, here for uh, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills, the um, most efficient passing team in the NFL thus far. From it's EPA crazy to say, frankly. But yeah, but I mean, you know, Josh Allen is, I think, it's fifth. Um, in the NFL in percentage of catchable throws, 10 plus yards down the field. And he was 31st last year. Yeah, that's um, a market improvement. Huge improvement is Stephon Diggs is awesome. And we're seeing what the Vikings look like without him, which is quite frankly, horrific. Um, so I guess if I had to, I would probably bet, I would probably just take the points with two teams that I still feel like I'm not, I don't quite yeah. know everything about. This is a teaser leg. Right, because you get through the three and the seven. This is a this is exactly a teaser leg. The question is: is do you really want to take uh, the the total? Isn't that low at forty seven and a half? Mm-hmm. But it's a teaser leg. I'll keep that one filed away. Yeah, back at the back. Of the only issue is the only other two and a half on the board. If I'm seeing this correctly, is Minnesota, and there's no way in uh, in hell that I'm taking Minnesota in any sort of bet this there week. Is not. Although I have, I have another one for you. We'll get there. All right. Uh, next game you want to talk about? Um, okay. Should we just get to the? Should we just get to the ones that I like? The yes. stinky ones, please. Okay. Detroit plus six against Arizona. Yeah, I mean, this is 
the, this is a clear kind of fade the public move, right? Because the, so if you look at this <laughs> against the spread, Arizona has 73% of the cash bet on them. People love Kyler Murray. Now people love Kyler Murray for a lot of very good reasons. He has the highest run grade of any quarterback. This is a crazy stat. Check this out. There are like 10 quarterbacks that have 10 plus attempts running the football. Yeah. Kyler Murray is averaging more yards before contact. In other words, he's gaining more yards before a defender gets a hand on him than any of those other quarterbacks are averaging in total. The dude is finally kind of leveraging his lightning quickness. However, his passing has not been nearly as efficient. And um, it, just a 98 pass rating from a clean pocket under pressure has not been great. Two to one big time throw turnover. Yeah, but those numbers are low. He's not throwing high-leverage passes. 2% big-time throw, 1% yeah. turnover where they play. My, my point is that I, I don't think they're as explosive a team yeah. as people kind of want to make them out to be. And um, as much as I love, and I have heavily invested in Kyler Murray, and I think he's fantastic, and I, I want to see him continue to improve, to me, this is a number that probably should be more like 4.5. Detroit's getting healthier. Kenny Galladay is likely to return here. Trufant didn't practice, but... You know, again, I, I think that the Detroit giving up points is going to be table stakes at this point. The question is, much like it was last week, can Stafford keep up? And, you know, he struggled. You know, early on he was fine, and then he struggled. Um, I'm I'm here for Detroit as a team where you're looking at them and saying, God, this team can't win. And, you know, they struggled. The, the ship has sailed, whereas everybody loves Arizona, I think for good reason. Uh, this is one of my fa- I, I like this a lot um we haven't gotten resistance on it you know like we have you know if you bet it at six you're still getting be able to bet it at six so i don't know if that means that that's a you know that that's where the number should be or if much like the falcons we see a barrage of detroit money later on mm-hmm. um but or you know obviously the other side with arizona but i i like detroit here as a team i think this is the classic like i was on a a, a podcast called bet sweats today with our friend ross tucker and it was wow. sort of the immediate like oh i'm taking the cardinals you're right like you know anytime like somebody who is as confident as russ ross is like i'm taking so-and-so you give some thought oh, to the okay, other side okay here's a, another stinky one that um i i actually like more and more every time i look at it I'm not that dirty. I'm not that dirty. Okay, Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not that dirty. Um, it's our, it's, it's my boy Deshaun Watson, who I cannot quit. Okay. Do you think the ship has sailed on this though already? No, no. That's the beautiful thing about the Texans. They're the team that seems like the ship should have sailed. No, I'm talking about the number. It's four. Sure, but it was it was five and a half the other day, right? So yeah, you're not get, you're not losing that much. I but mean, five is kind of a dead number. Yeah, yeah. Here's my point: the Pittsburgh Steelers almost lost to name that quarterback, former 49er and Chip Kelly draft pick Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll without Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just pointing that out. Houston, yes, they played Baltimore. Baltimore is fantastic, and they lost. I get it, but. Deshaun Watson has had a hell of a time, and I get that the Pittsburgh Steelers have a really good defense. Um, but Deshaun Watson is finally the better quarterback getting points. 
I bet Houston at plus four and plus 170 earlier in the week. Uh, we make it 3.4 and 158. I think I, I, I like it. The only thing I'm worried about is, is obviously we should have bet it Sunday night. Well, sure. And but we're here now. We're here now. We are in the here. Don't promote the, the past. I'm here for the present. Um, here's, here's a question I have. Will okay. Fuller, hamstring. Hamstrung. Not on the uh, not on the injury report, but yeah, perpetually hamstring. By the way, problems. I should point this out. New thing that we have on PFF is a a an article basically that tracks all the injuries throughout the week. It's money. Yeah. I suggest you go check it out. It's free. Will Fuller not on the injury report? They said we want to charge for. It. I said no. We're giving it to the people for free. The people, people, all the people. All, all right, right. I, Deshaun I, Watson. There was one more point for you. Deshaun Watson pass rating under pressure twenty one point three. This is called positive regression, folks. It's so bad that it's bound to get better. Yeah. Okay. I think from a pure... Now, you're going to have to watch Titus Howard try to block yeah. TJ Watt. The, the <laughs> average... So so if you go to you know, PFF Edge and you, you go to the power ranking section, Houston so far has played the toughest schedule in the NFL. The average, the average team that they... <laughs> Wait, are you sure? Yeah. The average team that they've <laughs> faced is eight points better than average the next toughest schedule has been the new york jets at three so their schedule has been twice as hard yeah as that's a great point i mean the next toughest schedule sure as hell yeah. sure as hell is not the pittsburgh steelers who have played checks notes the new york giants yeah. and jeff driscoll and so, for that matter kind of eked out yeah their offensive rating still isn't good pittsburgh when they run the football is giving up 0.4 expected points per time. Their offense passing the ball has been fine, but I actually don't think that the the Houston Texans have been bad as a pass coverage team. Um, you know, they mm -hmm. so the real question I have is can the weapons of Houston keep up and, you know, we've already seen a little bit of a regression in the defense for mm -hmm. the Steelers. I don't hate this at all. Um All right, give me give me another one. Let's keep right. it moving here cuz I just I really want to talk about Couple of so I know Warren tweeted about how good Teddy's been against the spread. He's mm. owing, he's owing two so far this year. You hate to see it. Yeah, you, you don't like seeing that. But and again, this is a game where it pains me a little bit. I got Carolina at plus seven and a half early in the week. It's plus plus six and a half. I still think this is a good play. Okay. I mean, you're talking about a team. All right, who's, I, who's, who's, I know I don't want to do it. You're talking, I hate doing this. You're talking about a team whose doctor mm. swung and missed at a guy's <laughs> rib and hit his fucking lung. And, yep. and, and, and even if, it, like, let's say he tried to do it, it would still only be the second scummiest doctor in the history of that franchise. That's a great point. So, like... The, Dude, you know what's funny about that is... Like Southern California has all these funny things about it. You know, it's got great weather. Yeah. It's got all these fake people. Um, it's just such a funny place. And for the Chargers to have gone from San Diego and been kind of sleazy there with the doctor and then moved to Los Angeles and got even worse, like it just is so perfect, man. It's so perfect. It's like, you know, some of the things that you shouldn't skimp on, one of them is your health. Yeah. Uh, Dude, it just stabs uh, the guy in the fucking lung. Okay. Um, no, here, here's, my thing with, here's my thing with this game. Teddy Bridgewater, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson mm -hmm. have been very, very good. 75% of Bridgewater's air yards have gone to those two players, mm -hmm. and they've been quite nice. Now, the Chargers do have a good secondary. They were mm -hmm. able to slow Mahomes down. Mm -hmm. 
No Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion, makes this offense better. And not because the guy that's replacing McCaffrey is better. Obviously not. But it makes them less run heavy on early downs. Zach, are you listening? Tyler, if if Zach's not listening, will you just make sure that you mark that timestamp down? I need that clip out as soon as this podcast is over. Maybe before. (laughs) If you can get it out before, we'll have people at the door here. (laughs) There, there are plenty of meth heads down the street that probably find that. You don't, agree, you don't agree that running the ball less and forcing okay. targets underneath to a running back so, makes the offense worse? No, no, no. So this was the question that I had for you. Because I have thought similarly to you. Okay, McCaffrey's out. Now, do you think that it makes them throw the ball more? Yes. I think a team that is – okay, here's my point. Okay. Please get the entire quote because I do not want to get flamed for this, okay? I would hope, I would hope that you have not given up on staying in shape during the football season. But, you know, if you have, I can get you back in. MooseFit is a premium online workout program. I actually use it myself as one of my workouts every single day. And uh, it takes me about 40, 45 minutes. There's a warm-up. There's usually a strength portion. And then there's something that gets you... Gets the sweat going, get the blood pumping, and uh, it's a really good program. It's something for every single day. It's personalized for you. Go to Miss, uh, Moose Fit. Yeah, it's like the animal. Moosefit.co. Use promo code PFF50. Get 50% off your first month. You'll fill out a questionnaire. That'll make sure that the workout is tailored to what you want to achieve. And then it just shows up every single day right on the app, and uh, you're good to go. Moosefit.co. Promo code PFF50. I know we mention it all the time, all the tools that are on PFF Elite, we reference as we're doing the podcast. Um, you can go use those yourself. That includes the new props tool where you can adjust the line to fit your book and your price. So you can see if it's value there. All the betting dashboards, every game in the NFL and the NCAA. Uh, and then with the PFF Edge subscription, you get all of the exclusive content plus all the fantasy football rankings, projections, advanced stats. All that stuff. It's a really good time. Um, plus, the SEC is back. So, you know, entertain yourself. Get after it. A team that's capable of signing a running back to a $16 million per year deal mm-hmm. is capable of thinking that that running back is special. And hence, the absence of that running back means that they are losing their opportunity to run the football as much as they do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, look. I don't think, I obviously think McCaffrey's going to be difficult to replace. But I do think, look, you look at their offense. They are dumping negative .07 pass, you know, expected points per run play. In the passing game, they're actually positive expected points, right? So it would stand to reason, and 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 those passing plays are with early down runs that you're having because you're feeding the ball to McCaffrey to justify the contract. Okay, my pushback is that they don't believe Teddy Bridgewater, and I agree with them, can win a game throwing the football. So they're going to say to themselves, you know what we're going to do? We're going to protect Teddy Bridgewater. You know how we're going to do that? We're going to run the ball on early downs. We're going to hand off to Mike Davis. But here's the problem. Mike Davis sucks. Christian McCaffrey, despite being a running back, is fucking awesome. So if you must run the football... You don't have to, though. Please do it with Christian McCaffrey. But my point is, I think they still will. 
because Teddy Bridgewater is Teddy Bridgewater. It's not Tom Brady. You're not going, oh man, you know what? We can throw it 65 times to win this game. They're, you know what they're sitting in? They have a whiteboard, kind of like that one, which you can't see. You know what they have written up there? You know what they have? They have number of runs and number of completions added together with a magic number starred. That's what it is. Number of rushing attempts. It's not the yards that matter. It's the attempts. That will lead to completions. Hence my worry. Here's the other thing. Justin Herbert looked good. Um, That defense is good. That team is massively more talented. Massively more talented. I'm a Chiefs fan, but I reject the notion that the Chiefs defense is, is significantly better than any other defense in the NFL currently. Frank Clark was out with an illness, right? Trevarius Ward, their best corner, was out. Mm-hmm. Their linebackers, I'm sorry, like the Chiefs linebackers are as soft as it gets in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And so, and the Chiefs were caught off guard by having Herbert start like after the guy stabbed the other, you know, the, the doctor stabbed Tyrod okay. Taylor. So I, I like, acknowledge that it's stinky and uh, stinky enough for me to consider. Okay. Can we move on? We can. All right. Uh, he's got to get back on the, on track against the spread. He though. sure does. He sure does. All right. I'd like to talk about the Bengals for a second. Okay. Because I we, we got it at what? Six, 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 six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah. yeah. And now it's five and a half. And I get that that sucks. Jalen Rager's injured. There's a, a giant fire at Lincoln right now. I mean, the, the, the Eagles are in a really big world of hurt. But how are the Bengals going to get back from CJ Uzama being injured? I think Drew ba- Sample is actually pretty good. I think day. the Bengals are, are a decent team. They have um, a little more rest here. Um, I just can I ask you a question? When was the last time that the Eagles looked good? When was the last time they played a complete game? Well, they're they're something like eight and fifteen against non Washington and non Giants teams in the last like two years or something like that. Yeah, and this like, they're year brutal. And this year, you know what they are. <laughs> well, my my issue is that I think. That so there was a game. So the last time the Eagles looked good was in Buffalo last year. Okay. So they went into Buffalo and they ran the football in a Mm -hmm. very windy game and won and won convincingly against the playoff team. Um, My concern, which we understand the running game and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the Bengals got dragged up and down the field by the Browns. And in my opinion, the only way the Eagles win this game, which probably is giving away why we would bet the Bengals, is if they bully the Bengals up and down the field and score basically every drive by running with Sanders. Mm-hmm. Which, look, everything about this game makes sense why people are betting the Bengals. The Bengals have 10 days rest. The Eagles suck. Um, they're bad. You know, they're, they they're have a really – I mean, Carson Wentz is pr- producing a turnover-worthy play on 8% of his dropbacks. And, you know, every time Philly drops back to pass, they dump a third of an expected point. But I mean, they are horrendous. averaging positive EPA per run play. Great. Like, that's, that's the only reason Philadelphia could win this game would be by basically bullying Cincinnati through the run game. Here's the thing. I just believe that Cincinnati has – has a strong enough they're the better quarterback getting it's true five and a half points but they were the better quarterback getting six last week and they covered through the back door so that i mean it's the same logic i think like like clockwork honestly here's here's what does worry me about the cincinnati Bengals. uh so far this season on early down passes they are the fourth worst 
yeah. uh, fifth worst offense. His splits in, in empty and non-empty are crazy for Burrow. It's nuts. So they really need to leverage that. They need to come out down 15 this game. Um, that being said, you know who the worst team is? The Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles have been worse than the Vikings so far. I mean, it is. So they it showed is. a little bit of fight against the Rams, but then ultimately it was not enough. It's very not good. Um, all right, I want to keep that one for consideration. Let's talk about some of the um, – or actually, do you have any other stinky? Well, what, what games would – okay, let's start with the games that that we wouldn't bet now. No? What do you mean? I want to talk about that there are three – um, there are three more good games, right? There's Dallas, Seattle, Green okay. Bay, New Orleans, and then Kansas City, Baltimore. So, so basically, the the, the four o'clock Joe Buck game, hmm. the seven thirty Tariko Collinsworth game, and then the the Monday Night Football game. Mm-hmm. I so let's let's talk Dallas, Seattle. Okay. Because because let me tell you how I feel. Five. If you had given me five, if you had shown me this preseason, what would you have done? Took in Dallas. You would have gone and sold your your shirt for three bucks to the guys down the street. And actually, I don't think they'd give you three bucks no. for that. It says mathematics. Mathematics. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was funny when I, you saw that Bill Belichick picture. Yeah. The first person I thought of when I saw that picture, I was like, Eric showing up to work in the morning. Cut that. I'm sorry. Love you, buddy. But but my point remains, which is the Dallas Cowboys getting five with this offense. Yeah. You, you know, you would have been really excited about it. Also, um, Seattle at home, I, I just, to me, it feels as though the market has not quite gotten off the home field thing. Well, I think partially because, you know, home teams have done fine. Right. But But here's my issue. I took Dallas a plus four early. The market's moved away from me. And the with the injuries that Dallas has, Owuzie doubtful, Lawrence questionable, um, Trayvon Diggs questionable, Dallas has to basically score every single possession to win this game. True. And, you know, Prescott's awesome. And I think he, he can come from behind against a team like Atlanta, which will self-destruct. Seattle, you know, and maybe they can. Seattle's defense has not been very good through two weeks. Uh, you know, in fact, they made they made Newton look like an MVP the other night. So um, that that's my concern. I'm I'm off this game. I, you know, I would I would probably at this point um, not advise betting it. I will say, if I had to bet something on this game, I know the over. It has to clear fifty five and a half. <laughs> I do not care. Yeah, that that's one where you sort of make you, you make them beat you. I mean, they're letting Russ cook. Dak Prescott is gonna. They're gonna have to throw the ball. Let McCarthy cook. Exactly. Yeah, I bet he cooks some good steaks. McCarthy's a good guy. I by the way, the two we're not gonna dwell on this because it's a solved problem. But good on McCarthy for going for that two point conversion. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna explain that here. Yeah, just <laughs> just know that if someone tries to tell you that the analytics nerds are wrong. Um, just, just say, man, I'm sorry. Walk away. Ask him how the Chargers did on Sunday, by the way. <laughs> uh, okay, let's let's talk about um, Green Bay, New Orleans. Okay, because this is one that this, I'm conflicted on. This is one I like for the same reason I liked all those other stinky teams. Oh, New Orleans 
never lower in the minds of people. Mm -hmm. Just lost to the dog ass Raiders. Mm -hmm. Green in a, Bay in a trap game. In a trap game, but Breeze looked like shit. There was you know, well, yeah, he was thinking about Green Bay. Yeah, <laughs> the um, the Packers have never looked better. Everybody, Aaron Rodgers is back. Mm -hmm. He's seeing things. He's hearing things. He he's 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 grasping football with every sense, right? Smelling things right too. Now this has gone down to three. Mm -hmm. I'd lay the three. You really believe that the New Orleans Saints are the fifth best team in the NFL right now? That's where we have them. That's where the history of the New Orleans Saints, what they did last year, has them power ranked. I think New Orleans' defense is better than Green Bay's defense. I think Devontae Adams having a hamstring injury is non-trivial at all. I, I agree with that. And, and, I, and I think that they're secondary. So here's the thing about New Orleans, okay? The Vegas Raiders matched up really well with them because the Vegas Raiders – Henry Ruggs had, what, one catch? And then he had he drew the pass interference on Janoris Jenkins, which is kind of stupid. Brian Edwards had, like, one or two catches, and then Hunter Enfro had, like, four or five. Mm -hmm. Where they really got shredded up was where? They got shredded up by the tight end. There's no athlete like that on the Packers, right? And – and they did a pretty good job with Josh Jacobs. He was, you know, a lock to go under his rushing total until the very end, which sucked. But the Saints match up fine with Packers on on defense. The Packers defense is it good? I don't think it's bad. The Vikings offense is cheeks, and they gave up thirty four points to the Vikings. Yeah, but offense. that was garbage time. Is Kenny Clark playing in this game? I I don't think so. I think he's questionable still. He is still questionable. I just don't know if he's. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Devontae Adams worries the hell out of me. Because if he's banged up, he's also not as effective. Like, he's a – he's a. I mean, he's still good. Don't get me wrong. But, like, if he can't, like, just, you know, Devontae lose guys Devontae the way that he Adams was. is your favorite, uh, your favorite fast food restaurant. Dude is always open. If he's not always open – and you you know you realize early on in the game oh he just doesn't have it today i would worry here's here's the thing about aaron rodgers currently 95.6 passing uh pff grade is first same basically the same grade when throwing from within rhythm in mm -hmm. other words back foot hits ball is out last week only three targets to Devontae adams did not matter but was that because of Aaron Jones? Like Aaron Jones was running crazy, right? And they were throwing it to him, and he was Detroit's defense's beige, right? So, dude, the Las Vegas Raiders ran up and down against the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans had New but Orleans really, lost that really game. You're really going to make this argument based on defense? New Orleans, New Orleans lost that game because they were undisciplined and they had like 150 yards of penalties. Their offense also didn't look good. No, their but, offense was Alvin Kamara. But picking up but Drew Brees in a casket and carrying him around. But the field. doesn't that? I mean, so so my big my biggest thing here is look at the way things are moving. Right, things are drifting towards Green Bay and away from New Orleans to a point where they're basically saying that New Orleans and and Green Bay, because it looks like the market is still handicapping home field advantage at three points. They're basically saying that this game is a pick 'em on a neutral field. I can't. I don't see that. I still see Peyton as being far better than Lafleur. I still see. I, I still see even without Michael Thomas, 
uh, an offense that has uh, a New Orleans side that has way more weapons than Green Bay. Jared Cook is is a significant player. Emmanuel Sanders is a significant player. Murray, Kamara. I'm not mentioning Taysom Hill. Did you just mention Latavius Murray as a significant weapon for the New Orleans yeah, Saints? He's I'm fine. done with this conversation. Okay, you. I, what a ridiculous. I'm betting statement. New Orleans. I don't care. What should we bet on this? I'll, I'll take the Packers plus three. Okay. So okay. So what? What's the what's the wager? Steak dinner at at uh, Jeff Ruby's. Mm. Hey Jeff Ruby, by the way, if you want to uh, sponsor the pod, come get us. <laughs> I have, I've eaten at Ruby's a ridiculous <laughs> a, amount. Yeah, an, yeah, an outrageous. It's not good. There's not a lot of restaurants open. My old, my other restaurant that I go to is closed. My eighty twenty team is going to cover this weekend, so I'll have the two hundred <laughs> whatever you know the money that we need to go to Jeff Ruby's okay. if I lose. All right, that's a deal. I've got the Packers plus three, and I will be feasting at Jeff Ruby's come a week from now. Okay, that's great. I'm excited for this game. I was going to finish my thought, which was that Aaron Rodgers, the reason I'm not as worried about Devontae Adams is that last year he threw within rhythm less than 50% of the time. This year it's about 70%. And to me, that just is him acknowledging I can win by getting rid of the ball quickly and getting it to other receivers. So I, I do worry about the Devontae Adams one, but it's not as much as I would have worried about it before. Also, Jerry Alexander playing really well. Thought I'd mention that. Um, all right, let's get to uh, the game I have been waiting to talk about. The two best teams in the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens, both of whom have played the Houston Texans, interestingly enough. In Baltimore, Baltimore a three and a half point favorite. It seems as though there is a kind of consensus out there that the Baltimore Ravens are the best team. And that, that has moved that way in our power rankings. Both mm-hmm. Ravens, the Ravens are, I think, like one ELO point, which is like hardly anything more than Kansas City. Um, so, but three and a half? We really go and th- see, here's, here's the thing. Remember, remember when Brady was an underdog week one against the Saints, and they said mm-hmm. this is the first time Brady's been a, an underdog yeah. in the regular season for like 10 years? Ten years from now, that's what we're going to be saying about Mahomes. I, I agree. And so, I, I you know what side I'm on. Anytime I get to bet on my favorite team, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to take the points. The Vikings aren't playing this game. The Vikings are not my favorite team. Stop. <laughs> you guys are unbelievable. But the, the so for those of you that don't know, I'll tell you a really quick story. Um, Kevin Cole, Unexpected Points Podcast, great podcast. You should listen. Also, to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. True. Um. We both give Eric a really hard time because he, we think he ser- secretly just loves and adores the, the Vikings still, and that's why he gets so worked up. So anytime we can stick it to him, we do. Okay. But so three and a half is too much. So let me ask you this question. And I was thinking about this game, and I was saying to myself, okay, do I want to bet this game before the game starts, or do I want to wait until the end of the first quarter when the Chiefs are down by 21, and then just bet every five minutes <laughs> until. <laughs> the problem is, is I actually think the Ravens are probably the only team in the NFL that can beat the Chiefs by more than one score. Because they actually, the the, the, the Ravens are the best team well ahead in the NFL. I agree. I, no doubt about it. But the, the Chiefs ch- defense is soft. But the Chiefs' offense is the best offense when down in the NFL. So which one wins out? This is a great question. 
which one do you think has I don't know how to phrase this question because it's not necessarily like which one wins, but which one net, you know, so after the team that's leading gets out to a lead, which one ends up winning from there on out from point differential? The team that's better, at, uh, the, the best at winning from ahead or the team that's best at coming back from ahead? I mean, we've seen at least a couple permutations of this, right? So in 2018, Jackson went into Arrowhead. Chiefs had a lead for a decent amount of the game. He came back. Got the Chief, got the Ravens the lead, and the Chiefs came back. That was that one play. Tyreek Hill. It was a you know they mm-hmm. were basically blitzing everybody, and he hits Tyreek Hill on the fourth down, and then eventually the Chiefs went on and win in overtime. In week three, we were on the over, you know, and in, in week three last year, and the Chiefs got out to a lead, right? Well, the Ravens scored first, but then the Chiefs scored like twenty one unanswered, and then eventually Lamar made enough plays where they covered the number in that game. Um, and it was like what thirty five thirty. Ravens went for three two point conversions. It was really weird. The, the Ravens got some very lucky plays. They game. did. They did for sure. Yeah. Um, so, in my opinion, so here's here's what I've said all week. The 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 Chargers defense gives the Chiefs a lot of fits because of that cover three and mm-hmm. and and so on. The Ravens don't do that. The Ravens rush the rush five or more a lot, and they cover with man defense on the back end. Um, and the thing about the Chiefs is that their guys can beat man coverage really, really well. And we saw it last season. Like uh, they, think, they played you, without they played without Hill. Hardman runs down the seam on Chuck yeah. Clark, gets a huge touchdown. Do you think touchdown. they stick with that here? I think so. I mean, yeah. what it, what, I mean if you're going to defend the Chiefs, what would you do? I would do what the Chargers do. I would try and have a bunch of guys that can cover. I would play zone, and I would not blitz once. But then how does how does that – because I know you were frustrated because you liked Kansas City minus points the other day. Well, I, I did, but I ultimately bet way more on the teaser, teaser yeah, than yeah. I did on that one. So I got I ended up fine. Yeah. But, I just that, but you, were, you, were, you were texting me like the Chiefs are garbage and all that stuff. Because I didn't think – I thought they were going to lose the game. But, yeah. But the, <laughs> the problem was that I was on Seren's show and talking about this. It's like – Early in the game, they they basically wanted to see if their regular offense could win doing regular offense things, which is dropping you know early down runs, drop back the pass, try to hit the intended receiver. When the game got on the line, what did they do? Mahomes ran the football, mm-hmm. and and they they he made plays as like he did whatever he needed to do to win. And I think the Chiefs will come out and play that way the whole game. Um, I was actually going to say I, I thought to to me a really sneaky part of this game was not Lamar running the football, but Mahomes running the football because if this if the Ravens do what they normally do, which is blitz and play man coverage, he's sneaky escapable. Um, and sneak what is that English? Yeah. He's sneakily good at escaping. And I could see him leveraging his legs here. I will say this. Um I love Lamar Jackson. I love the Baltimore Ravens. At three and a half that's I have to. I have to. You can't to justify making that bet. You know, it, it's a total and complete and utter overreaction to what has happened the first two weeks, mm-hmm. which is that Kansas City was has been out of sight, out of mind for all but one game for like the last you know since since Friday of the first week, right? That people have forgotten since forgotten the Houston game, and they saw them play like crap against Justin Herbert in a game where they weren't actually prepared for Justin Herbert. My concern if I'm the Ravens, is that some of the things the Chiefs suck at, you don't actually ever exploit, which is Anthony Hitchens, uh, Ben Neiman, 
the guy that Sorenson. got truck stick by by uh, Justin Herbert uh, and Damian Wilson yeah. are awful in covering line, running backs. But the the Saint the, the the Ravens don't throw to running backs. Mm. They run and then they throw outside the hash marks or down the middle of the tight end. And I think viewing this from the Chiefs' perspective, Matthew can probably do a decent job on Andrews. The corners, Ward's a pretty good corner. I think he can match up decently with Brown. They don't have a ton of receivers that really scare you. And to to everything, like, I don't like Frank Clark's contract, but the guy sets an edge. And, you know, Tano passing, you know, six foot eight, 270, sets an edge on the other side. If the linebackers sell out to stop the run in this game, I think the Chiefs can at least – well, how many stops do the Chiefs need to make? Well, it two, depends. three, yeah. I mean, if they, if you gave me like three, if you give the, if if the Chiefs get three stops and a turnover or something like that, it's kind of like the Super Bowl, right? Where the whole time we're we're watching the Super Bowl and the Chiefs score, I'm I'm worried because I don't think they can get a stop, and ultimately they get a stop, they get enough stops to win the game. That's going to be me this entire game. If the Chiefs get behind, I'm worried that they could ever stop the Ravens when the Ravens are ahead. Yeah, that to me, if they can get a stop or two. Here's here's how I think of the Chiefs. They are they're a blue chip stock. When the stock market craters at the bottom, what's at the bottom, you buy the blue chip stock. Mm-hmm. And I want I want to invest in the Chiefs at the bottom of the market. And to me, they're at the bottom of the market right now. They're never going to be even if they go to if Mahomes is healthy. They're never going to be more than a three and a half point dog the rest of the season, unless maybe they play the Ravens in the playoffs on the road. That's it. This is, a, this is as good of a number as you're going to get with the Chiefs. Okay. So, that being said, um, do you want to make this the lock of the week? Convince me that the Lions plus six are not the best bet of the week. I mean, <laughs> man. I do like them. I also very much like the Rams and the Bengals, Bengals in a teaser. Okay, so Bengals, you're teasing up to 11 and a half. Rams, you're teasing up to eight and a half. I mean, are we gonna? Are we? Is the teaser thing just gonna be a bit that we do every week? Is really <laughs> my question. Like that's that's why today I sort of went through and I jotted things down to basically be like, I I was just gonna see how much I could tease you there. I don't have a problem with the Lions. Um, it's just they're so stinky. Uh, it would be nice not to like extra extra sweat out the Chiefs on on Monday, but I don't know. I mean, are you? Is there a part of you that doesn't just think Kyler Murray can just beat the the Lions by running the ball? You know? Yeah, of course. Like that, he doesn't need to throw the ball well. You know, like it yeah. won't matter. No, I I mean, look, I don't have a ton of faith in the Lions to to be great moving forward, but I feel like. This is just sort of going against like all the narratives and everything where it's like, is Detroit, I mean, when you look at our power rankings, right? Like we have Detroit as, Lordy, where am I here? Uh, we have Detroit as being three and a half points worse than a, than a, an average team on a neutral field. We have Arizona uh, no points better, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, if you add in, let's say a point of home field advantage, now you're talking about five. So you're even, Basically, that's such a stinky game. 
So stinky. I mean, look, I love the Chiefs as much as anybody. I'll, I'll be happy to have them as the lock of the week. I just feel like it's too – I feel like there's a squareness to the play that's like mm-hmm. – I'm with you. That, that's You're rushing to take them. Um, the other one I was thinking about, although, I again, I'm irritated that we didn't get the number, although the, the support here helps, is Carolina. No. Because you're not – I am not doing you that. You don't like Carolina. Let's, let's, let's go with the Lions then. All right. Hey, Detroit. As Eminem once said, feet don't fail me now. We can't. We need, <laughs> we need, we need the Detroit. We need the best there is out of Detroit. And oh. lose yourself is, you know, obviously in that group. What, so what are the best things coming out of Detroit? You got Barry Sanders. You got Herman Moore. Eminem. Eminem. Very Ford. The, the, like the, the automobile. Yep. And this game Sunday <laughs> in Arizona. <laughs> I love Eminem. <laughs> I, 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 I thought you'd like that because here's the deal. You So when I was a professor for six years, I was 26 when I was hired. When I left at, to join PFF, I was still the youngest person in my department. I am now a geezer here. And so when I'm like hanging out with you and Austin, my two best friends at the office, you guys always talk about me like I'm old. right? I got mm. kids. I, got a, I live yeah. in the suburbs. Every once in a while, I have to pull out. You have to remind. I us. have to pull out a little, a little thing that shows that I, you know, am a little bit of a youth at heart. Well, I will tell you this: on Sunday, the palms and the rest of my body will be very sweaty. <laughs> well, what's the knees weak on? So here, yeah, there's, there's there hopefully won't be vomit on my sweater. Yeah, mom spaghetti because um, I won't be wearing a sweater. Well, here's but. the thing I'm going to wonder about because normally how our Sundays go is you come and hang out for the noon games. Mm-hmm. I'm from Minnesota. We call them the new games. Um, And then you go home, and you leave me in Austin to watch the the 4 o'clock games, and then you come back for Sunday Night Football because we work the games. Are you staying this whole time and going to sweat this game out with me? Uh, Probably not. Okay. Man of routine. But you know what I might do is this is a 425 game. I might make a special effort to be back here for the the second half. What if Detroit's up 14-3 at halftime? How, how how nervous are you? I will be. I'll lose. You know, I work out in the morning. Yeah. I'll lose another whatever set of 10 pounds of sweat for this game. Okay, there it is. The Detroit Lions plus six in Arizona is going to be. Fuck, man. I can already tell. Okay. Um, we're going to close out with this. I have a show that I'm going to pitch you, and you are going to decide, is this me making up a great show, or is this a show put on by our good friends at Quibi. I can't remember what the last one, whether you guessed it or not. It was that. No, I knew sexting, it. I knew it was an actual, and it was actual. And it was like, show. it was like uh, talk sex with Sue or whatever that show was called. <laughs> Sexed Shan. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, want to just try it and see if i get any responses do you have to buy quibi or do you get like a free trial because i still haven't used my free trial if you have if you can get i heard those are hot (laughs) people are clamoring if you want to get ad space on the show come get us (laughs) i don't know (laughs) all right you ready yeah okay making it in the restaurant industry is no easy task but it pales in comparison to hacking it as a culinary influencer. Quibi's newest reality show, Food Porn, follows five men and women trying to make it by snapping lusty photos of the food you didn't know you had to have. 
food porn streaming now on the Quibi app. It's fake. Damn it! Here's the reason why. How'd you know Here's it was the reason fake? why. Have you ever, have you ever like hung out with somebody who you knew, who you didn't know very well and they did something and you're like, okay, I'll still be your friend, but this sucks. Mm-hmm. So there was, there was a friend I had who, you know, when, when, I'm so uh, mad at myself, we, 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 we were going to a conference uh-huh. and we went out to dinner after and he snapped a picture of his, of his food and tweeted it out. And I hope that, you know, he, he probably doesn't listen to the show, but, and I, and I thought to myself, huh, that sucks. <laughs> You're not a food. Por- you're not a food food tweeter. I'm not a food pornographer. You're not, you're no. not a food food pornographer. <laughs> so like, so what I feel like so, so. part of me what knew that. Part of me knew that you were making fun of people when you were making okay. this up, and hence that was why I. It was only like a fifty. These edges are small. Yeah. I, it was fifty five percent that you were. Yeah. you were making it up, but. I, I think where I let on is the part where I said, but it pales in comparison to hacking it as a culinary <laughs> influencer. <laughs> so what I'm referencing or the, what pisses me off most about this, it pisses me off. It pisses me off when people take pictures of their like fucking, you know, pasta on a Wednesday and they're like, Hey, look what I made. Cause it looks like shit. And no one cares. I then have another level of hate for people that take pictures of food at a restaurant that no one gives a shit about. I can appreciate when someone takes nice photos at a restaurant that I might want to go to and I want to no, check No, you I do. tolerate it. No, because I, I leverage it. If I'm going to a restaurant that I've never been to before, I want to check out what the food looks like and I want to see what people yeah, took yeah. photos of looks like, not what the restaurant did. Right. But what drives me fucking insane are the people that can't just take a picture of the food. They have to like make some sort of artwork with it. So it'll be like, I'm not going to take a picture of this hamburger. I'm going to get two hamburgers. I'm going to stack them on top of another. And then I'm going to like That's squish next. them together and watch the like juice fucking come out of the sides. Tyler, look how good this bet I made was. Like, right? Because I know you. I know like, like, because you don't like public expressions. You don't like look at me tweets, right? And food porn is the quintessential, the stone cold lock of look at me, tweets, Instagram, all this kind of stuff. They'll take like a pint of ice cream. This is getting carried away. Pint of ice cream. And then they'll take another pint of ice cream and like let it melt a little bit and then like dump it on top of the other one. What a waste. Here's, here's, here's the last, we'll end on this last question. Cause this is where I draw the line in a good way. Okay. If you are a barista at a coffee shop and you tweet out your coffee art, I find that acceptable yeah, because I love different. coffee and it's your work. I can also still drink it. Yes. And it's your work, <laughs> right? When you tweet out pictures of somebody else, somebody at, else's food that yes. you've ruined. Yes. Okay. So, so, but you got to disguise it better next time. Cause that I, was a little too easy for I'm me. I'm coming with my a game next <laughs> okay. week. So, so sex with Shan was a real show. Food, food pornography, porn. not a real show. Real thing. Not an actual Quibi show, show, but it might be in the future. Quibi, you can come pick. Look, come get us. Yeah, I hear you have a $2 billion marketing (laughs) budget. Incredible. All right, that was our show. We'll see you guys on uh, Sunday night, Monday morning. Enjoy week three. Peace out. If you like this podcast, which, you know, maybe you're kind of lukewarm on it, you're looking for something a little different, 
uh, you might want to check out PFS Daily Betting Podcast because it's just like 15-20 minutes every single day gives you something to bet on even if there's no games that night it's a bet you can place that day uh, and it rotates so I'll be on there Eric will be on there we're actually on there together on Sunday mornings it's kind of a good time we usually record it late Sunday night or Saturday night Um, that's also fun Ben Brown uh, is on there a ton he's awesome does a bunch of great stuff he's talking props he's talking college Kevin Cole's on there talking showdown Lee Sharp uh, is also on there and Austin Gale even makes an appearance once a week so PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Go subscribe and listen.